This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you sports super fans, for you sports debaters, and yes, you, the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air and answer questions directly from the U Stadium app. Get it at ustadium.com. Join in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with U Stadium starts now. What's up, everybody? It is Thursday at 6 p.m., so you know where we are at. Time out with you, Stadium. Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Before we get started, as always, like, subscribe, follow, send it to your mom, everything when it comes to the U Stadium socials, um, where you can find the show, many of our other shows. What else? Everything. Everything U Stadium, that's where you can find it. So make sure you guys are there doing all that. And yeah, how are you guys doing before we hop in? Everybody good? Everybody's good over yeah. here. How about, uh, I know someone's making fun of us in the chat already that we're always late. Very true. Yeah. It's like the cram, the last minute cram that we, you know, hit or miss before we jump into the show. So, but we're good. We're here. It's only a few minutes late, so not too bad. We're not late. Everybody else is just early. I had a great okay. night last night. I went to a Benjamin Steakhouse. I enjoyed myself some restaurant week pricing. I was phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, for nice. $39, I got calamari, bacon, junior New York strip, filet mignon, and then uh, wow, cheesecake nice. and uh, chocolate mousse. I was with somebody. I can't tell Jeez. you what I was with. I got I to gotta keep my, my personal life personal, all right? That's what I call it. <laughs> 40 bucks life. a person for all that? Yeah, thirty-nine bucks. Yep. That's and it was good, it was man. it was straight. It was like when the bill came in, it was eighty-four bucks. I know because I paid and I, I tipped uh, 17 or whatever, 16 and change. It was 101. So it, it wasn't oh, none of that fugazi. I don't want to say it. Tinder so much. I'm convinced you downloaded the app. The funniest thing, I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you what the app looked like. The, the icon, any of them. Nick, you're such a liar with I'm that. I'm telling you, man. It. I'll scroll my – where's my phone? I'll scroll it right now. Oh, yeah. I'm sure now you <laughs> don't have it. It's charging. I'm telling you, I, I know about uh, I know about some of your stuff, man. You've, you've probably downloaded <laughs> it a few, a few nights there, so. Anyway, anyway, we're moving on. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, you guys. The Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA champions after – Coming back from an 0-2 deficit and just stomping the Phoenix Suns into the ground. Uh, Chris Paul kind of pulled the Chris Paul. Giannis did his thing. He had some nice little help there from Chris Middleton. But they're champs. Giannis is finals MVP. He's the first since MJ, or the only, I should say, since MJ, to record multiple MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, and finals MVP. That's it. Giannis and MJ. So what are you guys, how are you looking back at these finals? Cause I know Nick and I were both pretty hot on the Suns. thought that this was their year. They were just going to be like the Cinderella to run away with it. We were mm-hmm. very wrong. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on the Bucks winning it all, the collapse of the Suns, all of that stuff. Nick, do you want to start us off? Yeah. The Suns kind of flamed out, I guess you could say. And I think there's probably a, a clip on here that I'll probably try and go back and delete where I said, I think the Suns are either going to sweep or win in five. I mean, that says 
from an uneducated current basketball fan as you can get. I thought for sure that, I mean, I, I love Devin Booker. Um, and it's funny that the social media world that we live in, you know, Chris Paul was everybody's like, you know, King a couple of weeks ago on, on Twitter and everything and Instagram. And they were talking about how much they love the guy. And, um, and then everybody was ripping Giannis, you know, he always, he doesn't have what it takes to get to the next level and win the NBA finals. And now it couldn't be the more opposite. You have people just ripping Chris Paul to shreds and Giannis is like the best thing ever. Um, just a, so, so typical of the the social world that we live in, but um, Giannis is such a likable guy. Like, you know, it's easy, he's easy to root for, you know, you love the post game clip of what he said about the super teams and, um, you know, the, the, uh, Chick-fil-A order that he had to the 50 nuggets was really funny. Um, so he, both That's of the teams were very order easy. Right there. That is a, that, I, you know, he came in clutch <laughs> if he finished that. There's some days where that 50 was lightweight, but, um, I mean, Giannis is such a cool dude. He's, he's fun to root for both of these teams really were, you know, the Suns. like anytime you get to like, you know, there was really no uh, villain in this. You know, there usually is a villain, whether it's LeBron or, you know, the guy who you root against. Um, but it, it was cool to, to see. I would have liked to see the Suns win, but it's not like the I went in, like, with a vendetta against the Bucks for whatever reason. So, um, you know, Drew Holiday's story is great. So it was it was cool to follow the Bucks and, you know, to see them win in, like, a small city was, was fun. So I have no problem with it. And Giannis just becomes even more likable in my book from for the uh, post game. Yeah, I will say Giannis has put himself in a category that not many people have ever reached. Um, he's won a ring now before MJ. Um, he's won a Defensive Player of the Year award, which LeBron's never done. Um, he's done things that um, we haven't seen since LeBron entered the league, since Jordan entered the league. Um, he's on a he's on the path to being a top ten player all time. Um, and the way he does it is so unique because he's not this extremely coordinated like player necessarily. He seems like he just learned and he did learn how to play basketball at, at an old age, but he's so dominant physically. He's like I, I was saying it to friends the other night. He reminds me he's he's a small forward version of Shaq. Like Shaq in small forward form. Um and he won it, and and you know I, I think at this point he's the best player in basketball. I don't think there's a debate. If you're starting a team, I know Nick's a big Luca guy. I know people like Steph, and there's ones that like KD as well. But Giannis is dominating the game, and he's scoring at a, a level where he's shooting sixty percent. At the end of the day, if you're dropping thirty on sixty percent from the field, it doesn't matter how that ball's going in the basket. It doesn't matter if you're doing a turnaround jumper or if you're hard and doing setbacks or whatever. You're dropping 30 and you're doing it at 60%. And um, you're also getting 12 boards, four or five blocks. Um, and he's just likable and his teammates like him. Yeah. He's not a guy moping around like James Harden or Kyrie. Good and energy. Good, good energy. energy. He's a good yeah, energy guy. And players want to play or with you w w when you're like that. And I bet you it helps you in other ways, too, that I wouldn't even realize. With calls and refs and coaches and whatnot, um, you never know how it helps you when you just bring good energy to the game. So yeah. uh, I really like Giannis a lot, and I I'm, I'm very happy for him. Can I be a, a cynic real quick just because that's what <laughs> we Shocker. do in sports now is – so I saw people saying, oh, I didn't go the route to be the super team and, you know, join up with stars. But when you look at like the path that the Bucks had to get to the finals, was it really that impressive? Like they beat a Nets team minus Harden and, and uh, Kyrie. 
beat the Hawks, like did, were the Hawks really an Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals team? And they beat the Suns, who are, you know, you didn't go through like a Warriors team. You didn't go through LeBron. I know they went through KD, but, you know, that team was just kind of like it went haywire when everybody got hurt. So, like, the, the road to the finals wasn't as impressive as, you know, I guess it could have been. So, if you would put, if you would have put the Bucks and this current Bucks team with Giannis up against, you know, maybe one of those teams, let's say a, a healthy Nets, even if the Nets had two out of three, um, or a Warriors team, even minus KD, a Warriors with Steph, Clay, you know, Iguodala, like, would they have run through, um, you know, like, like they did in, in, you know, on their road to the finals this year. I don't think of them or him. I know his statistics say otherwise, but I don't think it was like this magic run that you've really never seen before. I think that's just because of the way the, just because of the way the cookie crumbled in this playoffs. So I don't really think it's it's losing, losing LeBron and the Lakers in the first round, albeit they weren't as healthy as anybody would have liked them to be, but it's one of those weird years, and I think maybe next year we'll kind of go back to normal in all sports when it comes to playoffs and, like, this year with the NHL. The, the Canadians, I mean, if it was a normal season, they wouldn't have even made the playoffs, and they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. So it, it's one of those things where I think just coming off the pandemic, it's a little weird. Um, hopefully next year we get back to normal when it comes to the, a sense of playoff normalcy where the right teams are where they're supposed to be, and then it's the battles like we saw with the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors and things like that. But I mean, I, I I thought they were dead in the water when they were down two games to none. So it's, I mean, good for them. They won everybody free tacos today too from Taco Bell. Oh, so. really? Damn. Yeah. Yep. Cause they came back. It was the whole. Oh, what are your guys thoughts on Taco Bell? Taco it's been the most difficult thing for me to ever gauge in my life. I'm like, do I like Taco Bell or, or don't I? I want to say I do, but quality. I don't. There's one high quality item, and it's the only item I'll ever get there. Because I love, let me guess, the cheesy gordita crunch. Bingo, bingo. I knew you love that. I, I just, I it's know you. It's the only like one I like. I, I ordered. I've never had any other stuff. Like I've had a plain taco. It's whatever. I make better ones. Like otherwise, I don't know. There's what do you get? Also, it's like you go to Burger King or McDonald's. You get fries on the side, right? You go, I don't know, elsewhere, and you. What do you get on the side? They don't have rice and beans, do they? It's like. What do you just get like four tacos and call it a day? Uh, Sunday, I was hungover and just drove back from Cape Cod and I ordered six, um, a large soda and the cinnamon twist things. And I was in heaven. So I'm I just haven't big, tried them enough, to be honest. Big fan of Taco Bell. The cheesy I used to be when hurt. I was a kid and then I hadn't eaten it in like years. Except yeah. for one time in high school when me and my girlfriends got high before a Relay for Life <laughs> event, which probably isn't the best story to tell. But and then until Is your then, dad watching? And, yeah, he knows it's fine. All right. Every time we drive by that Taco Bell, I tell father, him the story. So <laughs> I can't but approve of this anymore. I'm I'm back on the Taco Bell wagon, and, and it's great. It's good. It's good drunk food or hungover food, at least. <laughs> All right, are we moving on? We got kind of a important topic to talk about this might go a little haywire but we need to talk about it i guess um so the nfl today came out with their new covid plans as far as the vaccine um and it kind of blew twitter up players fans are even i've seen people who cover the sport are a little iffy on one side or the other um so let's just kind of go over the hot parts of this so if 
There are incidences like we saw last year where there are super spreaders in teams, takes a whole team out, and it's because of unvaccinated personnel, whether that's players, team staff, coaches, whatever. If they are not able to reschedule that game in a timely fashion, so probably within like that week, that's a forfeit. Whatever team it happened to, they forfeit. And I think the biggest part aside from that is players on both sides, if that happens, don't receive any paycheck that week. So part of me feels like this is why, because we don't know who is vaccinated or who isn't unless they come out and said it, like Cole Beasley saying that he's not going to get vaccinated, he doesn't believe in it, and he's not sure about it, whatever. But things from that angle, I think that's part of the reason why these guys are so angry about this. You saw Matt Judon say the NFLPA, like, effing sucks or whatever he said. Um, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that they feel like they're pressured now to get vaccinated if they aren't or if they weren't planning to be, or they're pissed off that they could potentially not get paid a big chunk of change because of somebody else. I don't know. So let's just let's just talk about this. We'll try to keep it as middle ground as possible just to not ruffle anybody's feathers because I know this is kind of a sensitive uh, topic. We don't want to get too political, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. I, I just don't feel like arguing with people today. So you guys <laughs> Bree, can Bree, take- you know my ma- You know what my major was in college, right? Uh, Political science. (laughs) Keystone light and political science (laughs) for my two majors. Keystone ice was bomb, by the way. Yeah. Um, All right. Just to give one perspective on this, because there seems to be a million of them. Um, There's two things going on here simultaneously with this vaccine conversation. One, there's a group of people who believe that um, the vaccine's totally fine. It is based on a lot of years of research and science and whatnot. And based on the numbers, it seems like it's been working, obviously. I mean, the cases have been going down in a ton of states where people are highly vaccinated. You're basically creating a situation where um, you're um, injecting a, a, a dead virus mRNA that is actually causing your body to have an immune response similar to what you'd have if you went to if you got COVID yourself. Now, there's another side that believes that there's something else going on that it's uh, corporate run. That there's some other elements of it that could be part of a bigger agenda that we don't know about. Um, the issue is, can you blame either side? That's my whole thing. I don't blame people. My parents have gotten it. I don't blame them. I know I have friends who won't get it. I don't blame them. I don't argue with them. So it, with the NFL, I just don't like that they're kind of taking one side. What if, how the hell does Roger Goodell know if there's something up or there's something forced with this vaccine? And on the other side, you could also say, how do the players, why do the players not just trust the system? I don't know. I just feel like, you gotta like leave it up for choice. This isn't up for choice at this point, which is why I just think it's 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 not it's not being done in a in a in a in a kosher like setting. Um, and the NFLPA for, for for representing players is completely dropping the ball here. Um, you cannot 
have a situation where you're forcing players to either get vaccinated or not. And, and, and if they don't, then they end up getting shunned or you can potentially hurt your team. I mean, isn't that like not right? Have we ever heard of something like this before? I don't know. I feel I feel like there's just issues with this all around. Um, the NFLPA doesn't have strong leaders. And it's because the NFLPA, if we, if we want to get serious about it, the NFLPA is run by woke movements that are very pro-vaccine. So you're not going to have them defending players that are anti this vaccine. That's why this is not being done properly by the NFLPA. Not to get too much into politics, but if we're going to discuss what the NFLPA's agenda is, that's what their agenda is. They're very woke run. And when you're woke run, you're obviously not going to represent anti-vaccine people, players. So that's why they haven't done anything. They've let all this stuff kind of happen and then they haven't had a say. Yeah, the, the NF, it's, it's, it's clear as day what the NFL wants to do here. They want to force the players without legally forcing them to get vaccinated because they don't want to deal with the protocols and policies and all that shit again. They don't want to have to run through all of that. And I know I, I think I'm, if you guys don't hear me, I have, pretty, I have a mic issue here. If it sounds pretty crappy, I'm sorry, I could plug in and plug out, but um, they don't want to have to go through what they went through last year, the cramming to fit a game on a Tuesday. Am I going to have to post, postpone a game on Wednesday? So if they can get these players over that 85% threshold, like they did in the MLB, they can say, you know, clean, wash our hands with it and say, hey, we got the high majority of our teams vaccinated. The players are vaccinated. It's out of our hands. We're going forward. Our, our, our league officials, our referees, our coaches, assistants, we're all vaccinated. The players, they have the opportunity to do it. If they don't, then they're at risk. So they want to wash their hands of this and say, it's on you now. And they're not going to support anybody who doesn't want to follow that. They don't want DeAndre Hopkins out there. And I was pissed off that, that he deleted that tweet because it was a really good tweet. And, you know, regardless of him being, uh, you know, a little over the top and emotional with the uh, threat of retiring, which obviously won't happen, I don't mind when people come out and say, hey, I thought this was a choice that I could make about my own health. Why am I being forced? And you read some of the comments from these people on Twitter calling them like calling them an idiot and like, you know, basically just ripping them to shreds about a choice he's making for his own, his own health and body. He's a world-class athlete. I think he knows a little bit more than you do about what's good or not for his physical health. So for all these people who want to say, Oh, everybody has their right to choose unless it's against what they believe in. And then, you know, they shun you. So it really just kind of goes down and boils down to what I've said and what, kind of what we've all said, you know, as a group when we've talked about, you know, different conversations like this is why don't you just let people decide what they want and leave them alone? Like, why do we all have to be like all high and mighty, like a judge here and just like look down and talk down on people who disagree with what you say? Like the league is trying to do something and players, they don't have to listen. I don't, I think they went a little over the top the NFL with the forfeiting. Cause that's a huge policy. Like you're talking about forfeiting an NFL game. That's never happened. At least in any of our lives. I don't know, you know, before anything in the eighties and seventies, if anything has happened like that because of whatever reason, but when you threaten a forfeit, I mean, that's pretty, that's like high as high as you can go in the NFL, like their rule books and their policies. That's pretty crazy. When you threaten that just because of a vaccination in which people have the right to be questionable about a vaccine that was created 
I know they've been working on similar ones for years, so I'm not going, I'm no scientist here and I'm not, I'll never try to be, but it's a vaccine that's new to people within the past six months, you know, seven months now. So people have the right to question whether or not it's good for them and, and if they want to take it or not. So I just don't like this whole like high and mighty looking down on people and shunning them and ripping them and, you know, questioning their character as if like Hopkins doesn't care about the players on his team because he doesn't feel like he has to get or wants to get vaccinated. That's bullshit. So for what the NFL is doing, I think it's a little bit overboard in my opinion. It doesn't, I know and, and, Bree, and let Bree and let Bree jump in real quick. Cause me and you'll go sure. on. Like, I find, yeah, I just, I, I don't like the fact that people are commenting. Like if you really care about your team, you'll go and get the vaccine. Where, where, what kind of like shallow mindset is that? Isn't that shallow to you? I know someone that got the vaccine. I'm she vaccinated, said, so I'm I'm pro no, that's fine. So I don't but know. The, I think I think the biggest misconception with all of this with the people that are I don't even want to necessarily call them anti-vax. I just want to call them, I guess, more skeptical about it. I feel like that's the nicer way to put it without kind of absolutely. throwing terms around that might piss people off and whatever. The biggest misconception I think is that these people think that just because you get the vaccine means you can never get COVID again. Like a Jalen Ramsey tweeted that a couple of his family members got the vaccine. They're fully vaccinated and now they're positive for COVID. I know people who are fully vaccinated who have tested positive for COVID, but they are asymptomatic. Aaron judge COVID vaccinated has COVID. I mean, he's on the 10 day COVID list or whatever the hell the MLB is calling it now. So what these people, what these specifically NFL is what these guys need to realize is getting the vaccine is going to help their team kind of avoid the mess and mayhem we saw last year when it comes to rescheduling games and dealing with like third string, fourth string practice squad guys having to come out and putting on a product for the league. That's pretty crappy. And you have to think of it from the league's perspective too that this is their business. They're kind of allowed to make these sort of rules because they're a private company. I know there's unions involved and whatever, but that's what the whole collective bargaining has to do with it. And they have a lot of money at stake. You know how much money they lost last year because they had to switch games around and adjust TV scheduling and sponsorships and things like that. Like it was, it was a mess, not only for the play on the field, but the behind the scenes stuff. So this is not only, in my opinion, the NFL's way of trying to make it so that they can get back to normal as much as possible when it comes to the football aspect of it, but try to make sure their business stays. In, and I'm not saying the NFL is going to go bankrupt if they have a season <laughs> like they did last year. because God knows that's not going to happen. But they took a pretty big hit financially because of all the rescheduling and the disaster with COVID last year. So it's I don't, I don't want to call the people that aren't getting the vaccine selfish because I completely agree. It's your own personal choice to do whatever you want with your body that I can go on a whole nother tangent on because if we're talking about vaccines, why can't we talk about women's bodies like that? But whatever, it's not the place or the time, but it just, I just think, I just think people should get it. I think it would just make everybody's quality of life a lot easier and if you want to go back to normal, but you're also sitting here saying, oh, well, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I don't trust it. I don't know what's in it. Like, I'm all for not trusting the government. Like, I, <laughs> whatever, they're all pieces of shit in their own way. But, like, I don't think they're going to put a chip in you. I don't, like, 
They have your social security number. We have facial recognition software. They're watching you no matter where you go. You have a little man in your phone doing targeted ads. If you're worried about a vaccine to help protect you physically and the people around you physically because of that, you are, we're way past that, pal. We got other stuff to talk about when it comes to spies and phone bugging and things like that. So just get the shot, please, is all I'm asking. That's all. That's it. That's me. That was a well Anything done uh, little little rant there, Bree. I must say, Thank you. I tried to make that. I've never disagreed. I've opinion. never disagreed nicely. more with anybody. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave the show now. No I'm kidding. No, that was I well just, done, Bree. Well, I like well, to make well, it as well concise segment. and as much in the middle as I can possibly be without like completely pushing my agenda, but at the same time, like trying to be the level headed logical person in a situation which i know when it comes to you two i have to do a lot but this is a whole big bigger <laughs> thing than this so yeah so that's that so we'll see how that at goes. least you got the plug-in for the vaccine at the end when you told people to get it so we're, we're good there yeah that's it Bri has, Bri to... has a referral link by the way if anyone <laughs> wants to get the vaccine so yeah so you use, that, use code free timeout when you get the vaccine yeah <laughs> It'll be a nice little, it's like I get, uh, what's it she called? She gets commission. free Taco Bell on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I get commission every time people use my code when they go to a vaccination site. So uh, if please Nick do got that free so nuggets, I can get paid. If Nick got free story. nuggets, he'd be pushing that vaccine I get vaccinated every day. <laughs> more than de Blasio does. Jeez. Oh, my God. Good thing he's almost gone. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that. We'll see. I mean, I've seen people, people have tweeted at me saying that NFL is not really going to enforce this rule. And to which I say you are sorely mistaken because of the financial point that I brought up. They need to enforce this rule to make There's back some of the money they lost last year and keep it as even keeled as possible. So I'm going to say one thing before we move on. I know we want to move on to the next topic is what I hope doesn't happen is, is teams start making decisions on their roster for players' futures based on whether a player is vaccinated or not. Let's say there's a fringe player on the roster, you know, when it comes down to cut down day in, in September, and they say, well, this guy's vaccinated and this guy's not. Let's go with this guy. Just because they want to hit that 85 threshold and don't want to deal with this, I hope that doesn't happen. And you know, and it, for if you're sitting there and you're thinking that's not going to happen, then you're easy. You don't know how these NFL teams work because the last thing they want to deal with is the threat of, uh, you know, being having a game forfeited because of the 50th guy on their roster. So uh, right. it's going to pressure a lot of players. You know, it's not going to pressure the DeAndre Hopkins, even though he's tweeting about it. It's going to pressure, you know, maybe who's there, Andy sure. Isabella, you know? So it's going to be a player like him, not DeAndre right. Hopkins. Isabella's nice, dude. Is, it's not, yeah, it's well, he's, his NFL career is in limbo right now for sure. That's a, they have good receivers in in Arizona. I like Isabella, but he hasn't done much. We can move I on. Know a, I know a team who could use a small white receiver in their who? arsenal. Uh, who is the only Tampa? team that's always had a small white receiver that has been good? Gunner, I mean, Gunner, Gunner's not going to cut it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so if Andy Isabella wants to, wants to get cut. the godfather of little white receivers. Path. Andy Isabella wants 225 league. yards receiving with Cam Newton and two touchdowns. Go to the New England. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I'll I'll be at training camp next week for the Pats. Oh, so my we'll God. See. We didn't even talk about that. This is the last show without training camp being open. Yeah. How do we not say that? So, well, I – before you hopped on, I said I was going to throw something in. But I guess I'll do it now. Sorry, before I we get, it. No, it's okay. Before we get into our top ten linebackers, um, it was reported – 
Before we hopped on the show, Stefan Gilmore reported to Patriots training camp with the vets. He's going to start on the pup list. Obviously, you can come off at any time, so I'm sure they're going to use that to figure Smart out man. where his quad is at. Um he could show up at camp, not get fined, and still didn't have to practice. Very yeah. smart. He's got a good agent. But also maybe reconstruct yeah, yeah. the contract, figure contract out what's going sure. on with that. Yes, I know Gunnar was an all-pro punt returner. I am the biggest Gunnar Olszewski <laughs> fan on the face of the earth. I know all of this stuff. <laughs> but he's not going to cut it as a receiver. I'm sorry. Punt yeah. returner, absolutely keep him back there. But at, as the receiver, he'll he get cut be. soon. He can't be the option. No, they need it. They need him at Parent Turner. They have nobody else. All right. Anyway, a couple second round picks they can waste on them soon. Anyway, uh, we continuing our top ten. We are doing top ten linebackers this week. Frankie and I are going to battle it out um, with this one because he's got an opinion that just makes me want to scream. So. If we can get our top 10 list up there, this... There's a preview for who wasn't on the list. Yeah. Or was that? Or were they? Yeah, that's our fan vote, which we do before our top 10 list. And um, I wish Blake Martinez won. Because Blake Martinez, which we'll get into at the end of the show, is one of my two most overlooked players in the NFL. And I'll get into the other one, which is going to burst people's bubble. But uh, Nick has his too, and I don't know if Bree does. She'll probably say Cam Newton and, and Matt Judon. But um, <laughs> so no, I know who I'm going to say. Matt Judon. No, nobody. She gained a lot of respect Patriots. for Matt Judon. That tweet was the most badass tweet out of out of, out of the bunch because that was the realest one. But right. yeah, with this list, I'm very pissed off. By the way, because in house, I had to fight with everybody about. Putting Devin White in the top 10, if it was up to me, I'd put Devin White number one. I think he's the best linebacker in football. <laughs> I don't think he's five. He is numero uno. He's number one. Look up Devin White if you haven't. Look him up on YouTube and watch him running sideline to sideline. Look at him blitzing up the middle. Look at the big plays he makes. Guy had nine oh. sacks last year. When's the last time a linebacker, inside linebacker, had nine sacks? Go and try to look that one up. I'll be um, honest. I would swap him and Eric Hendricks. I would put Devin White at three for sure. How are we overlooking Darius Leonard here, guys? Come on. He's up That's, there. Yeah, but he's better than Demario at this point. He's better than Levante. I know. I would put I would put Darius three. I I don't think anybody can argue with one and two. I mean, those guys have done it multiple years. Every year they're elite. Fred Warner just signed a big contract, highest paid of all. Um, we can bring in our, our list correspondent, Mr. Splash, who I'm sure has a lot to say about lists here. He's like that dude on CNN, the map expert. I forgot. Frank, you know his name for sure. Splash is like our list expert. Yeah, yeah. He's just got to work on like the predictive uh, analysis and what states are going to go red and blue. But uh, Splash, I'm sure you want to come in here and, and bore the people with some of your statistics, right? <laughs> What's uh, popping, folks? I told yeah, you. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> so I who do you hate on you. this list? <laughs> what? Who do you hate on this list? Who do you like? Who, who's off? Okay. Uh, first off, uh, Eric Hendricks is the best linebacker in football. Point blank. <laughs> you know, um, he's been Warner's good for awesome. a while. He's awesome. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not good, but best linebacker in football. So yes. A little... Okay. Warner's great, and I'm. Let me let me preface this. Um, when I say Darius Leonard is the seventh best linebacker in football, that's not a knock against Darius Leonard. He's awesome. 
I just don't think he's on that upper echelon of um, – I don't think he's a top six linebacker. I think uh, – Why? He, give, because, us, give us an analysis here. Give us – a defensive okay. changing player, okay. but go ahead. I want play-to-play consistency. You guys watched Patrick Queen from afar. You guys love Devin White, and you guys watched Jarius Leonard. I think they're essentially the same player. They just have three different levels of recognition. That Leonard makes so many splash plays. Devin White makes so many splash plays. You talk about the sacks, show what his coverage grade was. Show how many times he got burned in coverage. Show how many times Levante David, the better linebacker on the team, although you have him high on this list, the better linebacker on the team had to take responsibility for Devin White not being able to cover a football player. So if you, and then Patrick Queen, who had splash play after splash play, but would get obliterated by Kansas City, would get obliterated here, get obliterated here. People love to focus on the splash play. This is why sacks are huge, right? TJ uh, Watt is awesome. Well, TJ Watt is awesome. But Trey Hendrickson, oh, yeah, he had 12 sacks. Awesome year. This is why people overrate Matt Judon because he has 10 sacks, but half of them are unblocked and the other half come against tight ends. So give me a player that plays 90% of snaps at an elite level, not a guy that gives you two snaps a game that are like, oh, my gosh. You know, this is like what Minka Fitzpatrick did in 2019. He had two or three elite games in a row. Everyone thought he was safety one. He was an all-pro safety in my eyes, but he had 13 okay games and then two games that were otherworldly, right? So this is what Leonard gives you. This is what Devin White gives you. They give you the splash plays. They give you that one or two plays a game that, yep, he's the best linebacker in football because you watched him have one play when the rest of the game, where's Devin White? You know, where's Devin White? I, I know he had a tackle for loss a quarter ago, but, you know, where is he on this play? Oh, he's getting burned in coverage again. Oh, he's, he's losing this battle. Oh. He's losing here. So Kendricks is unfallible. Warner is unbelievable. Warner was the best player on the football field in a game with MVP Lamar Jackson. Just throwing that out there last year. You know, Wagner, he's been doing it for years. Uh, David and Davis, both are awesome. And, you know, as much as I hate Devin White, as much as PFF hates Devin White, whatever it may be, he's a top 10 linebacker more than likely. He's going to get even better. You know, I think Devin Bush, I don't think Devin Bush should be here. I would have argued for Dante Hightower. Thank you. Oh, my Lord. I don't think so. But, hey. So, there's something to be said, though, Splash, about the supporting cast. We say it on offense, so we should keep it consistent on defense. When you're talking Darius Leonard, he is a guy, when he's not on the field, that Colts defense is pedestrian, right? You know, they've they've Mm -hmm. gone to the next level when he is at – his highest level. Look at the Levante David and Devin White. They're both great. They would probably both be great everywhere they go. But when you put that entire Bucks defense as a whole together on the same field, Devin White doesn't have to worry about covering a tight end. You put him in the best position to make splash plays. Similar to an Eric Kendricks. Like he's got some solid players around him. I think Kendricks is great because he does everything great all the time. Um, I don't think his high ceiling is a ceiling like a Fred Warner. Um, but I think he's probably a little bit more consistent and does everything else, you know, so good that there's really no weakness to his game. Absolutely. You know, but the supporting cast for some of these teams, like even Fred Warner, who's our number one, and I think we all agree, they have some great players on the defense, a great coaching staff, a great scheme. To me, Leonard is a guy where if you take that guy out of that defense, everything falls apart. You're talking about a very, very average, probably below average defense with him. So I think that fact alone, and Darius Leonard does do you know everything well. He played injured last year. I don't want to use injuries as an excuse. 
that's why a guy like Miles Jack to me is probably over is is underlooked in a situation here because he's playing like look up and down this list. You have playoff teams or at least contenders. You're talking about Miles Jack who shines and does the dirty work on a really bad team every year. So to me, Jack is a guy who's probably underlooked here. And I agree with you about Devin Bush. I think Alex Jan- Alexander Johnson gets overlooked too. Similar situation, another great player. Darius Leonard is one of those guys. He's you know not just that glue guy, but he's also so much better than anybody else on that defense. Is why, to me, he's a top five guy. I'll say one thing, Splash. I find it very peculiar that you're – bringing up points about players making these splash plays when your name is splash by the way um they're making these splash plays you're a ravens fan you had you had ray lewis ray lewis was all about making those few splash plays remember when eddie george stiff-armed ray lewis and he brought him down and got all pumped up got the defense going how many splash plays did ray lewis making his career that got the defense going and got people hyped you don't just want a guy that's always making you don't want london fletcher Give me Ray Ray. Give me Ray Lewis. Don't give me London Fletcher. You know what I mean? Ray Lewis is probably the best of all time. I mean, I think this is the thing that makes Ray so great. And even Ed Reed, Troy Palomali, you can jump to other positions that there are guys that have those 5% of plays, 2% of plays that, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's the goat right there. But they also have the other 90% of the game. Oh yeah. They're having a good game today. You know, Devin White goes missing in action. For chunks of games. Darius Leonard goes missing in action for chunks of games. And it's one of those things that if you only look at the box score and you say, oh, he had 13 tackles. Well, not every tackle is created equal. You know, mm-hmm. these are team defenses. It's not Darius Leonard isn't running 85 yards to have a one-on-one tackle for all 13. Some of them are going to be assisted tackles that he's, you know, in a dog pile. And it's just weird. And Frankie's telling me to jump onto Dante Hightower for the moment. So yep, what Hightower go. does is very New England. Let's this up. And I want to – Hightower to the- gets 60 tackles and two sacks a season, and people okay. suck him off like he's this hybrid linebacker. And what's he do in the postseason aside from save Super Bowls? Yeah, one he, time. He fills the perfect role in New England. Twice, actually. He does fill the perfect role. And, you know, say what you will about teams having roles, and New England does this as well as anyone in the NFL – but if you are in that role, you're playing well. I understand your concerns. If you put him in the other 31 teams, he's not as good. I agree with that. I also agree that, say, Lamar Jackson wouldn't be good without Greg Roman. Sure. Kyler Murray wouldn't be great without Cliff Kingsbury. Sure. Well, even though Kingsbury's not a very good coach. I don't know about that. that. But the <laughs> I mean, Hightower is not a top 10 linebacker right now. There's no I'm, chance. Nick, Nick he never so, was. Man. Nick, no, he never I, was. There was a time where he was great, man. He like, never, Nick, he, he never had – not, not to be Mr. Stats here, but he never had 100 tackles in a season. Never once. Never had 100 tackles about, in a season. This is a different position, though. Like, th- you're talking about a guy exact, who, who calls exact, the defense. Like, Belichick runs everything. One interception his whole career. So he's just a guy that falls into – the ball falls in his lap. He's not a playmaker. One interception your entire season. Not to judge an inside linebacker from with interceptions, but I you're going to give me a guy – I know yeah. it's stupid, but great players, Derek Brooks type players, the ball falls in their lap. They know where they're going. They smell the game. This guy is like a cannon when you just get him on a blitz down the middle. He's so stiff. He's overweight. He's not a very good player. He's 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 not a good player. I'm telling you, he, he's not. He's he's lucky he stayed in New England with Bill, or I, I think he'd 
he I mean, there's something to be said about that, right? Is is a guy who Bill Belichick every year has one of the best defenses in football and they're winning 11, 12 games. If he's going to pay a guy like Dante Hightower and entrust the entire defense to run through him, like you can't discredit that for maybe he's not the most athletic and, you know, not the most, you know, the, the most active playmaking lot inside linebacker. He's doing a lot of other things. So to discredit him is not fair in that aspect. But I agree with your point as a whole that he has no business belonging on this list right now. Granted, he, he didn't even play last year. So anyway, but you know, based on and twenty, what year are we in? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, year. I mean, the whole year. It's it's so hard. I wish we could just delete everything we learned about last year, but we can't. Um, go ahead, Splash. I know you're. You're. I cut you off, so I feel yeah. bad. But I'm saying you can't just discredit him for being in that Patriot defense because he's been the mainstay in that really great defense for so long. He does more than the stat sheet. How many but, forced fumbles does Dante Hightower have in his career? This this playmaking god. How many? I don't I think he's playing that at take, all. Take, 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 take a guess. How many? This, this guy who's like Nine, in the right spot. He, six. Less. Three. Oh, really? Two. <laughs> Two? Wow. Two forced fumbles entire career. One interception. Never had 100 tackles. Save save me the high tower. Love. Okay. I don't even know. How, he's lucky he got that contract. Ooh, okay. What do you mean he's lucky he got that contract? You know how many teams wanted him? He oh played the Steelers like a goddamn drum. The Jets played cupcakes out there. Remember that? The Jets yeah, had. Oh my God. That would have been a bad signing. We thought, C- we thought CJ was bad when he freaking didn't hey, play. Let's CJ Mosley get healthy. Splash can attest listen, to that. Listen, the Patriots don't win two Super Bowls without Dante Hightower. I'll take that to my wrong. freaking grave. What do you mean wrong? How, I think is, how is that I think wrong? Is correct here. He stops Marshawn Lynch before the Malcolm Butler interception. He forced fumbles on Matt Ryan to completely turn the tide of that game. You could even argue the sack he had against Jared Goff in Super Bowl 53, where he knocked Jared Goff into next century, turned that game around. He uh, performs. I don't care. There's a lot regular, of linebackers. Regular season stats only are for teams that don't make it to the postseason and fans who only watch their teams not make it to the postseason. Dante Hightower is a damn good linebacker, and I will not hear anything else. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Splash, what was your last point? Uh, so first off, Patrick Queen had 100 tackles last year. That doesn't mean he's good at football, first of all. And second of all, Roquan Smith good. should have been a lot higher. Roquan, like Roquan is unbelievable, and I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he's you know top three next year. Uh, uh, Nick, Frankie, and Bree are going to get into their top guys oh. that are going to jump into the moon next year. Roquan Smith is going to be a dog moving forward. Great pick by Chicago. I love Roquan. Yeah, I agree. So Peace out, folks. Good job, Splash. Right, Splash, thank you. All right. Do we want to do this stupid debate first so we can just get this out of the way? Because I know that's why we have some people in here. (laughs) Which which one? (laughs) Which one? All right, friends. When we are going to go outside and participate in a physical activity that involves a ball, are we playing catch or are we having a catch? There's one correct answer that neither of you have said so i and what we're from you've been, you been disagreeing with us a lot region, lately Unreal. but we're from the same region so i don't i don't get it what do you call a sandwich on a long piece of bread not a roll what do you call a sandwich with you know let's say there's mortadella in it and it's, it's, it's in a big piece of bread what do you guys call that up there because this will go a long way in a in grinder me under that's why forget about that <laughs> 
A grinder is what you break up weed with. Why? What the hell? Do you <laughs> it's a wedge, man. Okay, a wedge. Yeah, a wedge too. <laughs> it's a it's a wedge, and there's people who call it a hoagie, which is terrible. No, hoagie is like New Jersey, is Philadelphia. Like, a sub is a, a teacher. Like, what are we talking about here? It's a wedge. It's a wedge bread. You put the the cold cuts in the wedge. You put the chicken cutlets in a wedge. It's chicken parm wedge. It's meatball wedge. It's, Nick, I don't you know, know wedge. You know wedge from. is a you know wedge is a Westchester thing, right? They call it heroes. That's what I'm saying. But, but yeah, it only insane. makes sense. Like wedge only makes sense to me. What is a hoagie? It doesn't. That, yeah, that's it not doesn't. a real word. When I hear someone say a hoagie, it's like the bread's gonna be so bad. It's gonna be like like a hero wonder bread style of bread. Yeah, it's exactly. I, I think yeah. of like that. Remember that those commercials uh, back in the '90s in New York City, Blimpy. Remember that place? It oh, was yeah, like, yeah. Like yes. Subway. That's what I think of when you talk about like a hoagie sandwich. Like, yeah. Some cheap, like, that, like is that so Jersey Mike's place any good? I see a bunch of people. Jersey Mike's is that. actually pretty good. Really? Like the bread is it like a better Subway? It's way better than Subway. Remember Quiznos? It goes, that place it goes Jersey place Mike's, Quiznos, Subway. Is Quiznos Subway's still like, around? I uh, they went out. There's a few up yeah. here, I think. Pretty sure. So back to the point. Is it play catch or have a catch to me growing up it was always have a catch and then as we grow we grew up you want to th you know throw it you want to throw the ball or you want to throw the football you want to throw the baseball like that's what it kind of turned to and then like the athletic is the athletic term for like baseball players is um what was that the, the term someone used was like you know you want to warm up or do you want to um talk i forgot, I forgot. anyway it, it's the reason to me when you say, do you want to play something, there needs to be a competitive Absolutely. aspect to it. So when you go and you have a catch with somebody, you are throwing the ball back and forth. I throw it to Frank, he catches it. He throws it back to me, I catch it. There's no competition. I'm not trying to catch it better than Frank. I don't get points from like my next door neighbor because I caught more than he did or, or I threw the ball better. There's no competitive aspect to it. So to me, we're having a catch. We're, I'm throwing it. Frank's catching it. He's throwing it. I'm catching it. There's no playing catch. There's no competitive. There's no score kept here. You know, and then some people came to me like, oh, what about when you tell your kids to go play house or play, you know, play with the ball? You're not playing anything. Like I would say go play with the ball or go play with something. There's no, you know, the act of playing with something and having a catch are two different things. So that's why, to me, the only way you you can label this, besides for let's go throw the baseball, is let's go have a catch. That sounds so weird. It just when I <laughs> I do think I, it's what? regional, though. I agree. I think southern southerners who play baseball, which the majority, right? Like we all can agree here, the majority of baseball players come from the south because it's nicer all year round, and they can. It's similar with golf. You know, the majority of golfers are from Florida, Texas in warmer states, Arizona out West uh, majority of baseball players are from the South. I mean, obviously there's some from the North, so there's always, you know, there's always a, an outlier here, but the majority of baseball players are Southern and they say, let's play catch. So to me, the South does almost everything wrong, but anyway, it's wow. Breaking wrong. news from splash Nelson Cruz to the Rays. That's a big, big that. splash there. Wow. So they were the first, did you guys have the Rays as the first team to make a big splash here? Not me. Nope, but it's not surprising. Um, it's a big bat. And Does that make you Sox guys worry? As a Red Sox fan, I don't like it because Nelson Cruz is notorious for beating He's up on the Red Sox. I love him. Such I love him hitter. to death. 
he's if the Red Sox didn't have JD Martinez as like yeah. an everyday DH, or if he was more if I had more confidence in him in the outfield, I would say that Nelson Cruz would be great. They could even put him at first base. Man, they need a first baseman so bad. I need this Anthony Rizzo Red deal Sox to drop. Always needed a first baseman. They haven't I had need one this, in forever. I need this Anthony Rizzo deal to drop like like yesterday. Yeah, that'd um, be a great move. And the Yankees well, anyway. have the DH hole kind of clogged with. Uh, yeah, they're gonna get Joey Gallo, and I'm gonna want to cry because I love Joey wow, Gallo. That's a big. That's a big uh, first move here. Nice job, Splash, on on the breaking news. If they, Brent, have what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when Jordan Montgomery taps that ace tonight in Boston? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Didn't he get shelled the other night? <laughs> no, nah, he's not gonna shell tonight. He three and six. He's Brie, got. He's had Jordan three Montgomery's games in a row with no run support. Jordan he's Montgomery wild. tonight, Bree. We're gonna beat you guys four two. Montgomery's going to give up one earned run. You ready for it? Seven innings, seven strikeouts. He couldn't go seven innings and two uh, starts combined, that guy. You guys, speaking of <laughs> breaking get news. Five, give up three, and the Yankees will take it. Speaking Sorry, of breaking news, not as as exciting, but uh, Jets assistant coach Greg Knapp passed That's away. awful, man. Yeah. I can't believe that. He's been, he's been an, an offensive coordinator for years with the Niners, Raiders, Texans, the Jets hired him as a passing game uh, assistant under Sala, and he was in a, uh, you know, not to dampen the mood, and it definitely did, but he was in a, a bicycle accident. Someone hit him on his bike, and he was in a coma for the past, like, week almost, and I think, I don't know officially, Bree, if they, they said it, um, but there was a report that he, he did pass away, and that's just awful. Yeah. He's so young, too. Schefter, like, Schefter just tweeted it out. Jeez. Um, it was 58 Played for three NFL teams, coached seven over 27 years, and then that's awful, man. Terrible news, man. So sad. Sorry to sorry to dampen the mood, but yeah, no, it's it's fine. That that is big news. Obviously, he's been a an assistant in this league forever, and uh, is well respected by was was well respected by so many different coaches. Worked under a lot of different staff, so that's terrible news. Yep. All right. Anyway, back to having a catch. It's give us it's, your reason why it's it's. Play catch. It's wanna, play catch because when I hear you want to have a catch, have a is possessive. You can't have a catch. It's not something that you can tangibly have. It's not an object that you can have. It's something that you can do. It's not something that you can have. Playing catch is like playing tag. It's an activity. You're doing, you're throwing the ball and you're playing catch. However, I will say that now I, I said play catch my entire life until I became an adult. And now when I'm on the beach or whatever, I'm like, Oh, do you want to throw the football? You want yeah, to throw that's this? That's what I was about to say. It's ball yeah. around. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really what it is. I want to throw the ball. Yeah. So I think as you grow up, you kind of realize that both really don't make any sense, but I just don't understand how we being from the same region, maybe it's a new England thing. Cause be. I'm, Connecticut, but I'm closer to New York, so you would think. I don't know. Well, you Listen, guys New get York, whole New York's thing, New York. New York, yeah, we, like, have, we have. Well, our we have vote was very like swayed that. towards your your. Yeah, I could not believe that we we posted it on our story, and we ended up having on at U Stadium. Yeah, seventy nine percent of our followers on Instagram at U Stadium said it was play catch. That was pretty odd because we're pretty northeast based. So I thought it would be a little bit swayed on the other side, but yeah, I don't know. Everybody I know from from up here says play catch. The only people I know that say have a catch are like when they're quoting Field of Dreams or something. So. Or there's the like chat, one, let us know what you guys call it and why that one we'll weird outlier. 
like I said in our in our work chat, it's like have a catch sounds to me like that country club kid who's trying to hang out with the normal kids and he's never really played an organized sport in his life besides like golf and he wants to play catch and he goes, Oh, I'll have a catch. Like shut up, you weirdo. That's not how you, that's not <laughs> yeah, but a play called. a play catch to me sounds like a like Luca well when he when he's able to put sentences sentences together would say to like me, like, hey dad, let's play catch. Like because he can't formulate a full sentence yet. It's like, See, I don't know, it sounds, sounds like normal. a kid would say, <laughs> let's go that play catch. Normal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I've never said once play catch, but I mean, it has to be where you grow up and where you're from, kind of one of those things. But it kind of took over Twitter, you know, Twitter world yesterday and, yeah, you know, I was curious to see what sports fans called it. And I know Splash loves the whole soda or pop thing. And I know that's another very north-south kind of conversation. But I think the only answer there is soda. But it's regardless, soda. if you guys have a, a strong opinion about it either way, let us know. We'll throw it in the chat and we'll put it up on the screen and let us know why it is play catch or have a catch. All right. Last I never segment. want to see this debate ever again, by the way. I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you. Don't ever really talk annoying. about it ever again. It's over. I'm going to go have a catch before it's I play throw, football. It's throwing right? the football around, and that's it. That's it is it. super annoying. All right, yeah. let's get into our last segment of the night before we go off and watch the Red Sox absolutely stomp on the Yankees. Oh, um, yeah. Who are two players you guys have going into this season that are maybe not household names but will make a name for themselves this season? Who wants to go first? Who's got? Who thinks they have the best duo? Frank, go ahead. Let me, let me go right in here. Um, Blake Martinez, as I talked about earlier in the show, I think is one of the most underrated linebackers in football. Um, Giants had a great signing when they got him a few years ago. Um, he's ranked uh, top three in, in tackles, I think, literally the last four seasons, um, leading the league in 2017. Um, he was tied with uh, – Preston Brown and, and Joe, Joe Sherbert, however you say his name. I call him Sherbert, Sherbert Joe. Um, but uh, Blake Martinez is, is a great player. He's always there. He's what Splash was talking about earlier as a player who's always in the right spot throughout 90% of the game. He doesn't just make those two Splash plays. Um, very underrated. Um, people don't talk about him enough, and I think the fact that he's in New York now, you're going to start seeing um, – people respecting him more as the Giants get better, they have to get better. I mean, the law of averages says the Giants have to be something decent the next couple of years. When they are playing in playoff games, probably within the next two, three years with Blake on the team, I think people will start respecting him a bit more. He might have a splash play here or there, and then they'll start looking at this guy and be like, oh, he's better than we thought. So he's my guy on defense. I'm always, I've always been a big fan. If I wanted the Jets, I'm a Jets fan, obviously. I wanted the Jets to get him um, and, 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 let Mosley go back to Baltimore. Um, can shine Mosley shoes? <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I, he's I think a two you're down linebacker. There. You don't want that dude on the field in third down. I agree, though. I think he's a great, great two down linebacker. Just to discuss what you just said there, there's no such thing as a middle linebacker that can cover a tight end. There's maybe a few some in the can, league. Some can attempt to and get away with it. Uh, it's very rarely, Nick. They can't cover these guys anymore. They, they just if, – if two downs is, is enough downs for a middle linebacker these days. That positions on third downs becoming irrelevant um, for the most part. The other guy, and, and this guy has been brought up many times, but I think the more love he gets, the better. DJ Moore. DJ Moore is awesome. 
There's no other way to slice it. I like this guy. Yeah, I love him. Um, I liked him coming out of college. Um, He's been so productive his last two seasons. Uh, He's had his first three years in the NFL. He's had uh, one of the best starts that we've ever ever seen from a receiver. His first three seasons, if you tally up his receiving yards over three thousand yards, receiving his first three years, Um, does everything right. Runs good routes. Tough player. Um, And Carolina got a real one in him. So I think uh, DJ Moore is someone that as he starts to play in more important games, I think that's a theme here. A lot of these guys are on teams that aren't too good right now. But as DJ and Carolina start playing in bigger games like Blake with the Giants, I think you'll start respecting these guys more and we'll start talking about them and on shows like this and on TV and whatnot. So. I like the Moore one a lot. I saw a lot of people think he's like a top. He could he could break into the top five receivers next year. So that's a good one. Um, I'll stay with the receiver Frank, and I know you like him too. I think we all do. And Terry McLaurin, I think he's been hampered by playing a in college because he was totally undrafted. Because what that Ohio State coaching staff does with their receivers is they pigeonhole these guys, and it ends up hurting their draft stock, like a Mike Thomas like a Terry McLaurin, they only really have them do one thing and they don't really let them showcase their entire, you know, repertoire of routes and different things receivers can do. And, and that hurt McLaurin being drafted where he did by Washington. But I think in his first two years where he's been basically a thousand yard receiver in both seasons um, with probably besides for the Jets and Jaguars, the next worst quarterback situation. um, I think at least not that I think Fitzpatrick is going to win a lot of games, but we all know Fitz, he's going to air it out. And I think he's going to be able to put up 1,200 yards and, you know, double-digit touchdowns isn't out of the question. I think McLaurin can, if he's not already in the top 10, can definitely break into that top 10 receiver and be a household name next year. I really like McLaurin. Um, And I like Washington. I just don't love Fitz. But um, I think Fitz will help McLaurin as he did. Look at Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker in 20, I don't know, 15 was that with the Jets? Like two 1,000-yard guys, double-digit touchdowns for both of them. Um, but came up short as Fitz always does. Um, and the next guy is sticking on the Dante Hightower subject is the Dolphins Dante Hightower in Jerome Baker. I think he's awesome. He's basically Flores' version of Hightower, except he makes some more flashy plays. I love Jerome Baker. He just got a contract extension in Miami. Third year in the system, I, I expect him to do even better. He broke out last year, 112 tackles, seven for loss, 11 quarterback hits, seven sacks. Uh, I think it was second or third on the team. I think he's a guy who's going to continue that upward trend for Flores, who's he's completely bought in to that system. Some guys really haven't, you know, with a new coach, sometimes it takes him a little while, but he's somebody who's just hit the ground running with Flores and has gotten better each year. And I think he can easily be on our list here next year um, for top 10 linebackers. He was a guy who I thought could have been um, on the list this year, at least in the, in the fan vote. But I think Jerome Baker is a guy who probably like 90% of our audience hasn't heard about, uh, but being obviously Jet fans here, we watch the Dolphins a lot, and he's somebody that kind of always stands out to me, and someone who is also just the kind of quiet leader on on the Dolphin defense. Last year, Nicky had seven sacks and 112 yeah. tackles. Man, that's yeah, dude, he, he had a really big year for Miami, and I think he's and they they locked him up rightfully so. They 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 gave him a contract, and I think he's probably going to be a linchpin for that defense going forward. All right. Well, I said I wasn't going to do any Patriot players, but I lied. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wasn't. I, was I would love do... to see you pick a Jet, a Dolphin, or a Bill. <laughs> uh, just once. Not... Just pick one it's of them. She picked two Patriots players. Definitely. No, I only yeah. picked one. I only picked one. The one that it's... used to be on the Patriots. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Josh oh, Uche is right. somebody that 
I'm very excited to watch his second year just because of the way he ended last year. He spent the majority of the first half of the season dealing with injury. It was like a foot thing that hampered him for probably like six to eight weeks. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, Belichick did it again, drafted a guy who's not even going to play, blah, 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 whatever. Belichick can't draft. Now, the way he ended last season was super promising. And with, I think, having Van Noy and Hightower both back, it's not to say that I'm not excited for what they're going to do because I, I, I mean, I think this Patriots defense is going to be really good this year. It's going to make up for the lack of offense, I think. Um, but I also think that's it's really good for him to be playing with them. He's not going to be an every down back, obviously. But I was I was very impressed with what I saw, and I think going forward he's going to be a really good kind of core player for this team if Hightower decides to hang him up in the next couple of years. It was supposed to be this year, according to Twitter sources, who never can get anything right, but what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, Josh Uche, he's my number one. Number two, I was torn between an offensive player and a defensive player, but I think I'm just going to stick with the theme of the last couple of weeks and go Gunner. Montez Sweat. I like that one. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah some good ones right Gunner. now. Yeah, Montez is, is legit. Montez Sweat. <laughs> I think the, the tandem of him and Chase Young – as mm-hmm. they mature and kind of get a little bit more of the game under their belt professionally is going to be terrifying. And I only hope that the Washington football team do right by them and make and build a team for them because they have, it seems on both sides of the ball, they have some pieces that can make this team really good. It's just getting the rest of that together to form just some sort of competent football team. And I think that they can make strides towards that this year. Like you said, with Fitz, I'm not hundred percent confident in him, mm-hmm. but I like him better than Kyle Allen or whoever else it yeah. could possibly be under center. So, but I'm, I'm excited for Montez sweat. And I think last year, the only reason why he didn't really get his due is because everybody was excited for chase young. Yeah. Not to say that they shouldn't be under, not to say that they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, but I think those two together are going to be scary and maybe even this year. So he's my number two. Um, I really, I really like him. I really like him. So kind of stays with what we spoke about on last week's show is when we said like, what you're only as good as the opposite play, you know, your second player, right. You know, we were talking about cornerbacks and like, you're only as good as Revis's cornerback too. And you're only good as good as, you know, your left tackles, right tackle, right? So, like, having someone like Sweat is so important because that D-line is is awesome in uh, in Washington. Having Young and Sweat, somebody is going to see, you know, that single, that single protection. Like, they're going to roll a lot of their protections, that extra tight end, that running back to chip to Chase Young. And Sweat, even though he's going to always be overshadowed by Chase Young because of the name and where he was drafted, Sweat's going to be a guy who can easily – live out and be like double digit sack guy every year. Um, so that that's a really, really good one because like he, you really just have to like, as long as you have a little bit of a motor, like he's got the skill set. Like if you have a little bit of motor on that other side of chase young, like you're just going to eat and like all the time. So I think, I think sweats a guy who can have 10, 11, 12 sacks. No problem. Yeah, same yep. body structure as Julius Peppers, too. Helps him a lot. He's got that length. He could get some more muscle on his body. You could really see him turn into a, a disruptive force there. So he's he's going to be really good. And, and Breda, what you were saying, I agreed with everything you said. Um, 
you don't even need to uh, dial up much on uh, defensively with those two guys there. Just put them on the outside and let them go. Honestly. Yeah, just let them go. I mean, yeah. They have I also, Allen and Payne inside too, man. They got that's scary. That's a scary front. I was gonna say Scotty Miller just to piss you guys off. Not that I fully, <laughs> not that I fully believe it. I I think I think Brady can turn him into some sort of an Amendola or a, uh, Edelman or a Welker. Mm-hmm. Not anywhere close. Um, but I just wanted to get under skin a little bit. Yeah, you could have thrown Brady, that one out there. I might have missed that with one. my Brady homerism. So I agree with Splash Tyler Johnson, the Minnesota receiver who's on uh, on Tampa too. I, I loved him in the draft and had no idea why he fell. And he had some flashy moments, but those guys just won't get the reps and the opportunity with yeah you know, to really shine. Um, yeah. That's my worry about uh, the Patriot Edge. You said too, like is he going to get the reps? And even though he did at the end of last year. Um, camp is going to be huge for him. And a lot like of I fans, mentioned last time, this is the last show without training camp. We'll get to talk next week about the beginning of it and hard knocks the week after. So a lot of, we, we made it through is basically what I'm trying to say. We made it through that dead period. I was going to say a lot of fans brought up Denzel Mims when we had posted this on our Instagram well, story. Get his else, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, Nick, I think this Zach Wilson is the one man. <laughs> I have a weird feeling. I can't I think get. He's I'm not one. doing this to myself again. I, think he, I, I like him, and you know what? I used to not like his mom and the whole dynamic with his mom. I love his mom. I, think I love great. his mom. Yeah, she's a too. boss. She's a boss. She's real. She's just. I don't know why like people her. don't like it. She, she, she is a breaks boss. it down. <laughs> yeah, she, she breaks it down. It's her way or the highway. Screw it. I got no problem with his mom. No problem. Tell people. I just can't get myself amped up for another quarterback until I see it. I won't do it. This this guy's the one. It's the law of averages. We missed on twenty five in a row. This is the one that'll hit. So no, but this is the thing with Zach Wilson. If he can just not get scared in the pocket, that's it. Just don't get scared in the pocket, which is easier said than done. Just take. I don't know. He's got Dante Hightower coming after him. Oh Oh, yeah. Brie, when Dante Hightower is a free agent next year because he was cut and nobody signs him, are you going to say that I was right? (laughs) <laughs> no, because that's not going to happen. <laughs> he might retire right, because I'm he doesn't have it anymore. That could happen. But Nick, I think Zach Wilson's the one, man. I'm super I pray, excited man. about him. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I feel like his personality almost is going to be fine in New York. I was a little bit worried when Sam Darnold came around because he seemed to be a little bit just out of place the way he was talking. And he was almost like too calm. Like, very, I don't know, something was calm. off. He sounded like he was almost like a priest. You know, yeah, no was, edge to him. Pre- yeah, like it was no, just it was very dry. nonchalant. It was like, you know, maybe in Minnesota, maybe like somewhere else, but not New York. Like I get Eli Manning, you know, won two Super Bowls here, but he had that Manning edge to him. Like on the field, you could see it. Darnold didn't like he didn't have like, it on. Jets or quarterback and being a Giants quarterback is completely totally. different, though. Totally, it's a different but animal. People always compare that when you say like one guy is that slow low energy, that off-field leader, which they always make the cheap excuse about. So there was always that comparison to Eli, and everybody would always say, oh, well, Eli wasn't the most rah-rah guy. Eli would, you know, there were moments for Eli, and and there were moments on the field for Eli. Obviously, he was terrible in a lot of times, but Darnold just did had no no edge to him ever, on or off the field. And that ultimately, I think, is what, besides for what the Jets did to him, and we could talk about that all day, and I don't know how we – (laughs) <laughs> to a Jets conversation. But I was going to say, how do we get here every single time? I know. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. There's so, Darnold and Wilson are just so different on and off the field. And I think, Frank, to what you're saying is like, 
Wilson, granted they're supporting him a lot better than they did Darnold, but Wilson's game translates a lot better to the current like, 100%. football Wilson's vibe arm, in the world. Wilson is, Wilson's arm is Aaron Rodgers-like, like 98% of Aaron Rodgers' arm. I don't think it's as good or it's not Mahomes, but he has that arm, that whip, that – the game, yeah. the corners are not going to be able to press on these receivers because they get flags called. This isn't 1998 anymore where Ty Law is pressing your corners, at, uh, your receivers out there, and they're not able to get off the line. It's open. The game is mm-hmm. open. You can drop 30 points. Darnold's arm, Nick, we messed up judging Sam Darnold. We messed up because of that pro day. We got all excited in the rain. His arm was never that good. It wasn't. Sam Donald's arm was never that good. It just, it just, yeah. it was very well, Wilson overrated. Wilson has that subtleness to him too. Like he's, he, I don't know if it's whether he studies that hard or he watches a lot of film, but he seems to know where to put the ball, you know, right before, you know, the defender does. And with Darnold, there was always a hesitance. There was so always hesitant. that hesitance. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't, whether he didn't trust his eyes, he didn't trust his, his brain. He didn't trust his arm. He didn't yep. trust something. And that, oh, that if you're a little bit slow, Making a decision, whether it's that little you know, indecisiveness, you're getting killed in the NFL, and that's leading to those 15, 20 interceptions or those fumbles in the pocket because you know you're holding the ball a little bit too long. With Wilson, that's out. He's de- he is decisive with the ball. That subtle arm release, uh, you know, studies the game, and we'll see how it translates to the. Obviously, this is all about what we've seen collegiate, you know, collegiate wise. Um, and the coaching staff, like how how you know Salah Salah built the offensive staff with Lafleur, they want that ball out. Like he's not going to sit back there. And and you could tell, obviously it was just minicamp, but the ball was out. It's like getting out quick. And and the Jets have some quick players now on, on offense, so it's going to be a totally different offense. And you know, finally but one. That the seems last to thing be I'll going. say is the team made a mistake with a running game. We did not get. Uh, Zach Wilson, a running back, which is going to, I'm telling you, it's going to hurt us because teams are not going to put safeties in the box. Teams are going to tell yeah, their linebackers, the, the ball. ball says hike, you're taking a step back. You're not taking a step forward. And that's a big deal when you're talking about Jamison Crowder and others going and more going across the middle and trying to get that depth where Wilson could get that ball out because your linebackers are hike. I'm going back. I mean, they're, they're going to play everyone back teams, teams with, with our running game. They could have three defensive linemen, a three-four, and drop their, you know, the the the, the off the, you know, the outside linebackers back. So I wish well, they I hope Kevin guys. Coleman can do something because he's going to be Carter. the catalyst for Zach Wilson. They Michael Mike Carter is not an every down back, guys. He's not playing first down. No, there's like four every down backs in football now. You don't understand football. You're you're stupid and biased as a Jet fan if you think Michael Carter is going to be a, a, a like every down running back. You don't get football. Sorry, it's a it's a Take system the thing out. here. They have they have it Ty Johnson, have... Carter, and Tevin Coleman. And then they have first down. Michael, Nick. Michael Carter's not getting a handoff off tackle on first down, right? That's not happening. Are, are, I don't know yet. I haven't that? seen the I haven't seen what they're going to do schematically yet. I don't know. Have you watched Michael Carter playing at UNC? Was he a, a, a between the tackles running back? I mean, he he was pretty good. He was pretty good you know, at UNC. He's not in a between the tackles running back. He's going to be a guy we're going to have to set up in motions, on, on, on sweeps, on outside running plays. We're going to have to get him screens. He's not going to be a guy. That's why we got Tevin Coleman. Michael Carter's not well, coming They also have Ty team. Johnson. They have, they're going to go by committee, which is what LaFleur 
learned under Shanahan, which the Niners do. They have four backs who can carry the ball. Like that's what's that's what's going to happen here. There's no Dalvin Cook here. There's no you know uh, Derrick Henry here. It's going to be a committee based effort. But we can end on the Jets conversation. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Luca Luca agrees. <laughs> Luca agrees. Yeah. How, how the hell did we end up there? All right. We're out. Luca! Luca! Say bye, right. buddy. Sign us off, Luca. Luca, sign us off. He's camera shy. He is. He's so cute. All right, guys. We are out of here. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Good sign job. Bring us. Luca look like Nick or now? I think he looks more like Addy. Yeah, I agree. Everybody yeah. says that. Yeah. He, he cutie, doesn't look like when he was little, though. All right. We're Nick, she here. said he's, he's a cutie, though, meaning... No, you, Nick, you know, you might have to shave that. <laughs> <cutie. laughs> <laughs> Luca's laughing. All right. Same time, same place. I'll have updates from Pat's camp. I'll be there pretty much every day next week that fans are allowed doing work and stuff. So I'll I'm going to Vegas. Woo! I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks. Oh, summer league. Yeah, that's exciting. Just summer found out uh, last night about that one. So yeah, big things for you, girl. Summer of break continues. The summer of break continues. <laughs> Can't wait for the Yankees to, to tap it up tonight, though. And oh yeah, weekend. Yankees Red Sox tomorrow night. Gonna go heckle some Yankees fans and. See what happens there. So, all right. With that being said, folks, we're out. We'll see you next week. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Bye. That's it for this episode of Time Out with You Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the You Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show.